Hey girl, welcome to Christian Girls Pop. My name is Stephanie Bright and I'm the founder of this girls group as well as your host for the podcast. Around here, we are all about purpose, obedience, and prayer. That's what makes us pop. You're guaranteed to laugh, cry, learn, grow, and most importantly, become more like Jesus. We're going to rock this thing out, and we're going to have fun doing it. You ready? Let's go. Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of Christian Girls Pop. We are in week seven of our reading plan and I can't believe that we've made it this far. I know it seems like January just started or it just seems like, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. There's so much to read. Either way, I'm glad that you're sticking with it. If you've slacked off, if you're falling behind, girl, the goal is to get to know God and to get to know his word. So pick up where you left off. Keep going. You have sisters in Christ that are with you, rocking this thing out with you. So let's get into week seven. Before we go through the Bible reading plan, a couple quick announcements. Y'all already know I got to go through my announcements, okay? Number one, if you have not signed up for the CG Pop Sailor Retreat, girl, you are missing out. Prices go up March 1st, so make sure you get your tickets now. Get your girls together. Say, hey, let's go rest, relax in the presence of God, meet other sisters who are wanting to do the same and to just be in community. Get your tickets now. Prices do go up March 1st. Second announcement, if you haven't already, sign up for CG Pop Bible Crew. It's a great way to get all of my notes to get access to seminary level resources, you get devotionals, you get 20% off any March products, and it's just a really good place to be. And we meet once a month on Zoom to do live Q&A. So make sure you sign up for that. The sign up link is in the podcast notes. And last but not least, if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. That link is also in our show notes. This allows you to be able to know what's going on, to keep up with the latest thing, and so that you are always aware of what we got going, because there's always something new happening around around here. We got some new stuff coming out just in the next couple weeks, so I'm excited. But without further delay, let's pray so we can get into this week's Bible reading plan. Jesus, thank you so much for another opportunity to teach your word. Lord, I pray that you give me the words to say. I pray that I teach correctly and I don't add or take away from your word. I pray that we all learn and grow as we go through this plan or as we take time to read our word. I pray that you just continue to reveal yourself to us through this word so that we can get to know you even deeper this year. We love you so much and we pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. So the title of this podcast is The Duty of a Christian. A lot of the stuff that we will read through in this week is about duty, it's about law, it's about responsibility. And my goal, along with wanting you to get to know God and get to know his word, is to understand. So you're not just reading just to read, just to say you checked off a list, but that you're really understanding what you're reading. So let's get this thing started. For day 44, which is Sunday, the reading is Exodus 29 and 30 and then 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So 2 Corinthians, this is written by Paul. If you don't know Paul, he was a beast for the kingdom. 13 of the New Testament books are attributed to his writing and believe that he is the author of those books. He had a huge transformational process. His name used to be Saul. God met him, transformed his life because he was killing Christians. He was like so anti-God and God met him, had a crazy transformational experience and then he even got a name change to Paul. 
and he became just like, just as hardcore as he was against God, he became that much more for God and for getting the church to understand God and get to know God. And so it's really cool to be able to read of his books. He's very straightforward. He's very to the point. He doesn't play. He's letting you know what's up in all of his writings. All of his books are kind of set up that way. So with 2 Corinthians, he's addressing Corinthians. These are people of the church of Corinth. So it's the second letter because he's already come and visited them once and now he is back again. And so you'll see references of that as you read his letter, as he talks about the first time that he came through and what he talked about with them then. And he was was being a straight shooter with them in 1 Corinthians, which we will get to as well. And he kind of comes back like, hey, y'all, like, I know it may have hit hard, But I just want to let y'all know that it was out of love. And I got some more stuff to tell y'all. Like, that's basically the gist of this letter. And so that's what we're going to read about in 2 Corinthians. So that's the reading for today. Exodus 29 and 30 and then 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So in Exodus chapter 29, we read about the ordaining and dedicating of Aaron and his sons. And then in chapter 30, we read of the incense altar and then instructions on making the basin, the oil, the incense. They're preparing things. They're getting instructions on how to prepare this temple. And a couple things to note here, if we look at Exodus chapter 29, it's talking about this huge, gory, very gory sacrifice. And I think it's important for us to note that because it honestly is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Now, remember, everything in the Bible is pointing to Jesus. And even with the sacrifice that's made, a very gory, very bloody, very messy sacrifice, this is what they had to do all the way up until Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice. And I think another thing, and I've mentioned this a couple times before, but it's always important. I know these instructions may seem kind of boring or you're like I don't know why this applies to me why is this in here why do I need to read it kind of like how I challenge you with the genealogy I challenge you to read through these rules as well not that not because you're building your own tabernacle (laughs) but because it's important for us to understand and get that mindset that instructions need to be followed exactly how God has them. God gives specific instructions and they're for a reason. And I think if we start developing that mindset now as we read that everything matters to God and everything is important, we'll be able to carry that over to when God tells us to do something, when he gives us specific instructions. We too can also know that we need to follow every single step just how he said because he's sovereign because he knows why he said a certain thing a certain way and there's a reason for everything so we can train our minds to begin to think that way and um chapter 29 is talking about ordaining Aaron and his sons like as far as into the priesthood and we definitely do things a lot different now (laughs) we're not sacrificing animals in order to ordain someone into ministry but we normally still do that you will see that in quite a few of um churches especially here in America um where a minister is ordained that means that they're assigned to a certain position they um there's an agreement made that they will be the leader of such and such whatever it is worship pastor youth pastor lead pastor they're ordained for that purpose including just minister like ministers in a church they're ordained to preach um there's just an it's basically a an agreement saying that you are allowed to do a certain thing within the church and so if you look at chapter 29 verse 42 and 44 remember with this ark of the covenant this is how they're meeting god's presence they're meeting god's presence in this tent versus now we have god's presence within us which is so cool like it's almost like when you're reading this it's like wow like i am i'm privileged it's essentially the same as like hearing about someone that's um in a low-income setting or in a third world country who doesn't have access to the bare minimum things that you do and when you hear about it you remind yourself of that privilege that you have of running water and electricity and heat and AC. This is kind of how I feel when I read this. I'm like, wow, like 
I have the Holy Spirit living within me now. I don't have to sacrifice an animal. I don't have to make this huge journey into the specific part of the the tabernacle and only a certain person can go and all this stuff. I have access to God's presence now. That's what Jesus did. And this is why it's cool to see as we're reading. I know it can be like, oh, this is kind of boring or whatever. This is why I want to help bring light to this because you're realizing this is what Jesus did. When you see what was before and what is now, you understand more of what God was doing through sending Jesus, his son down to earth to die for us. And in um, chapter 30 of Exodus, verse 25 through 29, it's talking about making anointing oil. And, and sometimes churches, my church still uses it, and I know other churches do as well, anointing oil. And there's videos and stuff that you can watch on YouTube, but it's basically like it's oil, but you've just consecrated it and blessed it to be anointing oil. So you're not going to use that same oil like to fry your chicken, you know, like it's set aside and people will use it as they lay hands on people, as they're blessing a home, stuff like that. Skipping over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, this is a big one. So one of the big themes that we see here in, in chapter 1 is he, Paul is reminding them that God is a comfort to them. He's addressing them. He's like, hey, y'all, I'm back again. It's me. And one of the big things that he talks about here is that God comforts us. And so you'll see in the way that he sets it up is the way that a lot of the epistles are set up. A lot of the letters are set up. Um, verse 1 and 2, it talks about like from me to you and it's blessing and greeting. The same way that we would write a letter in today's times. Moving on to day 45, which is Monday. The reading is Exodus chapter 31 and 32 and 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So with Exodus chapter 31, God appoints builders for all that he's commanded, right? He's given them all this instruction and now he's like, all right, I need some of y'all to start building this thing so that we can get the process going. He also takes time to emphasize the Sabbath as well. And in chapter 32, Aaron builds the golden calf for these Israelites. And this kindles the anger of God, which means that it stirs it up. God was about to strike them down and wipe them smooth out. Moses prayed and God was like, okay, 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 I won't. Which shows you prayer changes things. But um, yeah, Aaron builds a golden calf. We're going to get into that in a second. So in chapter 31, um, if you read verse 13 through 17, it's really showing the importance of the Sabbath. This is something that I think we've gotten away from in um, today's world. Um, and Jesus showed, you know, that, hey, like, I came to fulfill the Sabbath. Like, he he showed that it wasn't necessarily a law, like, to follow tooth and nail like it was in the Old Testament. But I personally think it's something that we definitely should still honor and still do. And the main benefit is simply to take time to rest physically and spiritually. I think we, because the Sabbath has been, because um, most denominations don't necessarily, like, follow the Sabbath to the T, because of that, I think we have just gotten so far away from it that we're just busy all the time. And so for me personally, I plan a Sabbath once a week. And this is not necessarily a rule or like a legalistic type thing, but this is something that I've decided to do. I used to do it back in college faithfully, but uh, yeah, I got busy with nursing and all this kind of stuff. So um, I've, I've decided to implement it again into my routine and it's just so beneficial, y'all. It changes the game. So I recommend that. I personally do about 12 hours or so of a Sabbath. Sometimes I'll do a full day and that just means that I'm not really working on stuff, like working on projects or doing work. I don't really, um, like I stay off my phone. I'm not really like in, like be, uh, around a bunch of people. It really takes time for me to just 
um, be by myself and be able to refresh myself in God. So that's just a little tidbit from me. Now let's talk about chapter 32. Okay, so Aaron builds this golden calf with the Israelites. You may have heard you may have heard about this story in, in your sermons or Sunday school or something like that. But the gist of it is the Israelites were waiting on Moses to come back down from the mountain because remember Moses is getting all this instruction from God that he's about to bring down to the people on how to build this temple and do all this stuff. He's God has given him step-by-step instructions. The Israelites are like, yo, we don't know where he's at, so we're just going to do what we want. Let's just go ahead and build a golden calf. We'll just worship that. We'll just follow that and sacrifice to that. You don't have to worry about, like, Moses. We can Wherever he is, he, he left us. It's fine. And Aaron, who is the leader, who's supposed to be the one watching over them while Moses is on the mountain. Aaron's like, all right, cool, let's do it. So long story short, they built this golden calf, make an idol out of it. They worship it. And God was like, yo, what are you doing? God literally tells Moses, like, go get your people because they are a hot mess. Verse 7 of chapter 32, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, go get down this mountain because these people are losing their minds. And so um, that's something that we have to ask ourselves, you know, like, what are we doing? We're impatient with God. What are we doing when we are in a space where we feel like God is taking too long and we just want to do things our own way? Are we going to continue to just stay faithful and steadfast? Or are we going to start building our own golden calves? Now, here's the thing. You might read this passage and you're like, oh, I'm not building a statue, so I'm fine. But we can make idols out of a lot of things. So we need to make sure that we are addressing these things in our own lives all right and then for second corinthians chapter two we see paul's sincerity in writing he's being real he's being open with the people he's letting them kind of have his heart of you know why he is there and you know how things went the first time he was there and you know talking about that and then he explains some of his journey like what he's been going through like what he's been enduring as a servant of jesus christ as a missionary for jesus christ to let them know like this is me i'm real i'm being real with y'all this is what i want to share with you So for day 46, which is Tuesday, the reading is Exodus chapter 33 and 34 and 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 33, we read of God giving commands to them to move, to journey forward. He promises his presence and he actually gives a glimpse of his back to Moses. And so y'all, I pray that you really get to the point where you just understand how holy God is to where you will take anything. Like y'all, I will... If God wants to show me his pinky toenail, I'll take it. Like, (laughs) and like, I'm so serious because everything about him is so holy. It's like, I just want to know him. I just want to know him more and more. I just want to be with him more and more. Like God's presence is so holy. I actually was um, talking with my friend about this yesterday after I came out of my Sabbath. And I was just telling her like, dude, God's presence is so holy. Like I literally, after spending all day with Jesus, I didn't even want to be around humans. And I know that sounds crazy. And now that's, I'm not meaning that in a rude way, but it was just like, wow, y'all are nowhere near as holy as God. You know, like, it's like after you experience something like that, you just never want to look back to anything else. And, you know, I'm obviously here in the world. I had to, um, I had to interact with other humans and it's fine. I love people, but I don't love people as much as I love God. And so it's just something so cool about it. So Moses got to see his back, which is amazing. Like, if you, if you may have heard about this or read in scripture, but no one has seen his face, obviously, unless they go to heaven, but no one has been able to see God's face and live because he is so holy and we are not. And so it's just really cool that he, you know, he kind of showed, revealed himself to Moses in that way. And then in third, in chapter 34, there's a rewriting of the tablets. And then 
um, we read of God's commands and his covenant with Israel. Now we're going to talk about that. So, um, in chapter 34, God is like kind of petty a little bit with Moses. He's like, yeah, let's rewrite these tablets since, you know, you threw the other ones down and broke it. Like, yeah. So basically Moses got fed up with the people and he broke the tablets. Like these beautiful stone tablets that had everything written down. He was so mad at these people for losing their minds and being idolatrous and doing all this stuff. And he broke the stone tablet. He threw them things down. He was like, I'm sick of y'all. Like, I get it though. Because remember, after spending all day with Jesus, I was like, oh my gosh, like I love being in God's presence so much. Like, I don't even want to be around humans that much. Like, I just want to spend forever with Jesus. Now, Moses was on the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time to be in God's presence. And imagine he's just like coming out of this amazing experience and he comes down to people building a golden calf and worshiping it and assuming it's okay, including Aaron, who he left in charge. He's like, you know, I'm sick of y'all. I really am. I I really am. And I was like, Moses, I don't blame you. (laughs) Like, I get it. So anyways, that's why the tablets are being rewritten now. It's because Moses threw them down in his anger. And real quick, one other thing I wanted to mention was in chapter 20, in chapter 34, verse 29, it talks about how Moses' face shone and like his face was shining after being in the presence of God. That should be our prayer. Like everywhere we go, people should know that we've been with God, that we have a relationship with him and our face may not literally be glowing. It may live your best life, girl, but it may not be physically glowing, but there's something within us. There's a way we carry ourselves. There's a way we handle ourselves. There's a way we um, deal and communicate with other people that people will know like "Mm -mm, something's different. They've been with God. They have spent time with God. They have that relationship, that connection. That should be our prayer that we show others that experience and then um in second corinthians chapter three it's the the main gist here is paul referring to the fact that you know we're not under the law he's not under the law and so that's something for us interesting to note because what we just read about in exodus is about the law being written for the people and then we realize when jesus came he fulfilled the law and so now we're not necessarily under that law of the old testament we're not we're not sacrificing bulls and lambs and rams and and doing all these things that God had commanded in the Old Testament. And so we're able to see the whole picture. They didn't get to see the whole picture. They saw what they had for their generation and they followed those rules. We have the benefit of being able to see kind of like the end result. And obviously we don't have the end end because Jesus hasn't come back for the second time. But what I mean by that is that we see both sides of the, of the coin, basically. We see the law that used to be. We see what we're under now. And we, we see what Jesus did in order for that to be accomplished. So that's pretty cool for us to note. And something for us to note is um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, it's very congruent with Exodus 34 and what Moses was experiencing. And remember what I was talking about, Moses' face shining, that's referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. A couple other things to note. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it's talking about this veil and there's a real deep study that I can get into about this. Not going to do that for the sake of time and for the sake of understanding as a whole. But um, you may hear this um, referred to when people are talking about the Jewish people who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They have a veil over their eyes. They're not able to see things fully as as we do. And so you that's a prayer that you can even pray for those who may not even be Jewish but are just unbelievers or struggling with believing that God is real and such like that pray for the veil to come off their eyes so that they can fully see God in his in how he's revealing himself to them so that they can come to the knowledge and understanding and belief of Jesus Christ 
when the veil comes off, we understand who Jesus is. For those who have made Jesus their Lord and Savior, the veil came off. You realize, I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Jesus is the one who can save my soul. The veil came off for you. So pray that same prayer for someone else as well. Another place of congruency is in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 through 16. Once again, talking about the veil over the face. That's also referred to in Exodus chapter 34, referring to the veil once again. For day 47, which is Wednesday, the reading is Exodus chapter 35 and 36 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In Exodus chapter 35, we read about the instructions for the Sabbath. We read about the instructions for the Sabbath as well as things that are needed for the temple. And then in chapter 36, they begin building that tabernacle. And they were ready. They were willing. They were on. They were they were wanting to bring everything they could to start building that tabernacle. And that should be our response too. As we're reading through this, you see how it talks about how they had to get cut off from bringing stuff to the tabernacle because they were bringing so much. That should be our response. We should be willing to use all our skills, all our talents, anything that God gives us for Him. When people, when the pastor is asking for people to volunteer, that should be us. When when. When somebody's needing a babysitter and we know that we have time and we want to be a blessing, that should be us. Now, this doesn't mean that you run yourself ragged or that you just serve in every single capacity. And, you know, you can build up pride by trying to just be everywhere for every and do everything for everyone. You also can just be in a space where you're just running yourself so thin. You're spreading yourself so thin that you can't even function on the things that, you know, you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis. But in that same breath, we should be giving our all. If we know that we can sing, if we know that we can play an instrument, try to serve on the worship team. If we know that we can cook, let's cook for people who can't cook for themselves or do what you can to serve. We don't have these all these rules and instructions of how to build a tabernacle and you know how to make the anointing oil and how to make the basin. We don't necessarily have those instructions to in these modern day terms, but there are still ways that we can serve, that we can give. And it should be to the point where the pastor is saying, hey, we got too many people signed up. Some of y'all don't have to show up on Saturday or, or they don't have to show up to serve this week. That should be what your pastor is wanting. And I know, I guarantee you, most of y'all pastors are begging y'all to, <laughs> to come serve. So just let's let's work on ourselves. Let's work on changing our response so that we can be like the Israelites and be ready to get in, get our hands dirty, and put forth some effort for the Lord's work. And once again, remember, they start building this tabernacle. They are building it exactly as the Lord commanded. Once again, I'm going to beat it in y'all's head <laughs> until you get it. Make sure that you're following God's instruction just as he commanded. There's a reason why he set it up that way. There's a reason why he has said specific things for a specific time. So make sure you're doing it God's way, even if you don't understand. That's where faith comes in. That's where trust comes in, knowing that he's sovereign and we are not. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we Paul talks about being renewed, and he really gives a lot of encouragement to keep going. Remember, he's addressing the church, which is us. He's addressing us. He's like, hey, keep going. It's going to be hard sometimes, but we're suffering for Christ's sake. We're dying to ourselves for Christ's sake. Keep going. For day 48, which is Thursday, the reading is Exodus chapter 37 and 38 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For chapter 37 of Exodus, we read about them making the Ark of the Covenant and other parts of the tabernacle. Remember, they're continuing to build this tabernacle just as God has commanded. And then in in chapter 38, they continue to do that some more. And they actually talk about the total cost of the tabernacle and what went into building this thing. Now, if you read through the different things that they're using, they're not using a random little rinky-dink type stuff. 
This is the place where God's presence will be held. This is where the most high God will inhabit. They had to make sure they were using the best. They used, I mean, look look at those stones and the jewels. They're using onyx and topaz and all these beautiful stones and gold and silver and bronze like only the best for my god okay like he's not about to get no plastic stuff no real cheap stuff like they're using the top of the top type stuff which comes out to be very expensive but i mean he's worth it so you know and so y'all i actually tried to even calculate like how much like based on what they said with the different shekels and talents that was just units of measuring things and it comes out to a whole lot I'm gonna give y'all a full disclaimer. I'm bad at math, so I'm pretty sure this is not accurate. <laughs> but um, I even just looked it up. So a talent equals 75 pounds. And so it talks about talents of gold, talents of silver, talents of bronze. So one talent equals about 75 pounds. And just to kind of put things in perspective, one pound of gold today is $21,353 for one pound. So you multiply that by 75 by... 299 which is the total number of talents and it comes out to a whole 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 lot of money and then even with the shekels it talks about the shekels and the shekels equal about 31 cents in our u.s dollars that comes out to about ninety five thousand six hundred and twenty one dollars so we're like in the billions like when you start really calculating all the gold it's in the billions like it's it's an insane amount of money somebody can actually do the math if y'all want hit me up if you get the right answer you know <laughs> i won't know if it's right because <laughs> I'm not good at math, but it's either way. The goal is to share with you that it's a lot of money that is being used that was put forth towards this tabernacle. And that is exactly what our God deserves. And so one thing I wanted to kind of challenge y'all with, I know I've been challenging y'all with reading the genealogy and then now reading through the instructions that the Lord gives. I want to challenge y'all. If somebody's listening and they're an artist, if you can really make things come to life based on hearing things or hearing descriptions, I want you to try your hand at drawing out this tabernacle based on what is written here. All the instructions are there. It tells you where, what goes where and how long things should be. And obviously it doesn't have to be to size or anything like that because they use cubits and a lot of other stuff. But the goal is, I just want to, I just want to kind of see what y'all can come up with imagination as far as what you believe the tabernacle will look like. So if you decide to take me up on that challenge and you draw about the tabernacle, let me know, girl, you send me something and I'm going to send you something back. I ain't even going to tell you what it is. But if you take the time to draw out this tabernacle with the different things that the Lord has instructed, I got something for you. Hit me up, christiangirlspop at gmail.com. Okay. So, um, skipping over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul, once again, is giving more of that encouragement to keep going. He's encouraging them to live for Christ, and he really takes time to emphasize the gospel. He emphasizes what Jesus has done and what that means for us. And so, um, the first four verses, he's talking about our earthly body versus our heavenly body and how, you know, in an earthly body, we have aches and pains, and sometimes things don't feel right. When we get to glory, when we get to heaven, we will have a heavenly body may not look exactly like this but um we'll be able to be relieved from all of the things that we experience in our earthly bodies and it's it's really an encouragement as, as he keeps going on verse six through nine it's an encouragement it's like we'll be with god but one day but while we're here until then we need to make sure that we are living a life that pleases him 
real quick, and one more thing about Day 48's reading. I've mentioned this a couple times throughout the other podcasts, but as we're talking about um, the different parts of the temple, like I said, there's there's um, very deep understanding and meaning of why each part was there and what that means in, um, in the tabernacle. And one great book that I've read about, I'm sure there's a lot, but one great book that I found that helped me just really understand more of what this all meant in the tabernacle is called How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. I highly encourage you to check that out, specifically if you are a worship leader or you lead in some kind of context in your church. Um, it's meant it's 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 channeled a little bit more towards worship leaders, but it really just breaks down the the understanding of the tabernacle and the different parts in it. And so I highly recommend that for y'all to check that out if you are interested. We're getting close to wrapping this thing up for day forty nine. The reading is Exodus chapter thirty nine and forty, and Second Corinthians chapter six. And in Exodus chapter thirty nine, you can read about. Um, you read about them making the priest clothes. Remember, they already got the instructions about how to make these very fancy garments. And now they're taking time to make them. And um, they're all done with all the parts of the tabernacle. And it's time to use this thing. That's what happens in chapter 40. They've built it or they got instruction. They took time to build it. Now it's time to use it. They set the tabernacle. They set the tabernacle up, get it ready. And God's glory fills the temple. And this just shows you that God was pleased with what they did. Why? Because they did it exactly how he asked them to. Not assuming that it needed to be done this way or they needed to add a little twist here or a little twist there. They did it exactly how God wanted them to. That's when God's glory filled the temple. And sometimes it's just simply an act of obedience on our part that will usher in God's presence to be able to meet us where we are. And then real quick, one more thing I wanted to mention um, in chapter... 39 verse 24 through 26 it talks about those bells on the ends of the priest's clothes remember i mentioned this um i think in last week's podcast or the week before that but um the the bells on the bottom of the priest's clothes were because they were going into this most holy place where god's presence was and if for some reason they weren't living up to god's standard they hadn't you know they weren't in a place where they should be able to encounter god's presence that god would strike them down right there those bells were for the people that were outside of the tabernacle they could hear and say okay so and so is still alive so and so is still in there and you know because they would be walking around and you could hear the bell like that's how serious it was that's how holy god's presence is i i just want to keep in emphasizing that so we can understand really understand the god that we serve and then in exodus chapter 40 um, verse 34 is talking about that cloud that fills the temple. This was the same cloud that's been guiding them on that journey and will continue to guide them. That same cloud, that holy cloud that's showing God's presence. And in um, chapter 40, verse 36 through 38, they follow God's presence. They don't move until the cloud moves. When the cloud moves, they move. That should be us. We want to be where God's presence is, not anywhere else, not ahead of him, not behind him, right with him. That should be what we are Um, learning from their example here and guess what y'all exodus chapter 40 is the last book of exodus we have finished another book shout out to you we're going to be on our way to leviticus next but we are we're knocking these books out very proud of you in second corinthians chapter 6 paul's keeping it real with them again he's being real transparent he's kind of like proving himself a little bit in the sense of like 
let, let me let me give you it's kind of like putting some street cred behind like what he's saying so he so they will believe him more he's like look i'm not just out here just saying stuff just to say stuff let me tell y'all about what i've been through let me tell you of where i'm coming from as i'm speaking these words to you and then there is a call for us to be set apart and paul's paul's not playing with us he's telling us like we need to be set apart last but not least day 50 which is saturday the reading is Leviticus chapter 1, 2, and 3, and 2 Corinthians chapter 7. So we are in a new book. Leviticus is the third book of the Old Testament, and um, it's very, it's all about law and duty and what they are commanded to do. And some people roll their eyes and want to skip smooth past this book. I, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. I know these laws may make you want to bang your head against the wall. There is a beauty in it. And let me show you, let me just quickly tell you about what I realized. I used to just read and be like, wow, this is so boring. All these laws. But I started realizing it when I read Leviticus the last time I read it through, it clicked for me because it helped me appreciate what Jesus did that much more. I don't got to bring my pigeons and my turtle doves and my bulls and my rams and um, a partridge in a pear tree in order for God to atone for my sins. We have the beauty to simply pray a prayer of repentance, allow the Lord to, um, accept God's forgiveness, turn from our sin and live a life for him. Like, wow, it is made so much easier for us simply because of what Jesus did. And so that's what really helped me as I was reading to Leviticus and getting all caught up in all the laws. I realized, wow, because of what Jesus did, I don't have to go through step by step by step by step by step all these things. And I always tell y'all, I'm glad we don't got to keep sacrificing bulls and rams because there wouldn't be none left. I would have taken them all myself just for my own sin. So <laughs> like, I'm just so thankful for what God has done. So push through, read these laws. It's going to be all right, y'all. So basically chapter one through three is all um, talking about all these different rules regarding offerings. And it's like um, burnt offerings, peace offerings, animal sacrifices, all the different things that are the rules for them. And then second Corinthians chapter seven, Paul's referring a lot to his previous letter, which was first Corinthians. Um, and then he emphasizes the fact that it's good to have a godly grief. And basically he was saying that when we have this godly grief, it leads us to repentance. Now in the old Testament, they had godly grief, right? They would, they would know when they messed up, but remember they still had to sacrifice and do all this stuff and bring all these burnt offerings and have this sweet aroma to the Lord. Do you know what the sweet aroma is now is when we have a repentant heart. When we're serious about saying yes to Jesus and no to the things of this world. And we come, you know, letting God know, Hey, I messed up, but I'm sorry. And I want to make things right. Please help me. Please forgive me. Wash me clean. I'm turning from my sin. And now we have that gift to be able to live a life for him. Godly grief brings repentance and thank God that our repentance is so much easier. We can simply say, I'm ready to change. Lord, have your way. So that is the reading for the week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you can send them in. Send them in to christiangirlspop at gmail.com. Like I've said already, if you want my notes where I go a lot more in depth and it's all typed up nice and pretty for you, you can get those by signing up for CG Pop Bible Crew, which is $5 a month. That's like one coffee cup drink and boom, you got everything, right? So um, make sure you sign up for that if that's something that you're interested in. I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Girls Pop. 
You can check us out on our website at ChristianGhostPop.com. And if you would like to donate, you can donate on Venmo at ChristianGhostPop, on Cash App at Dollar Sign ChristianGhostPop, and on PayPal using the email address CGPopDonate at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And as always, remember, Jesus already loves you so much. Don't you ever forget that.